What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you're truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we playfully explore topics from money to magic, healing to wholeness, creation, relationship, business, and more. There's no place we won't go. Nothing too wacky or weird in the quest to live as grand a life as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stopper are the embodiment of opposites attract. And the result is true synergistic power. Partnered in love and in business, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan and Suzanne. Hola, Española. It's buenos, buenos dias, darling. It's buenos dias. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. We did learn that. There's, mm-hmm. We thought maybe there was a good morning, but buenos dias is that. And we were trying to have that conversation with somebody who didn't speak English, which that was super fun. And because <laughs> that's just what keeps well happening. if you yeah if you yeah so if you haven't heard we're from we're we're coming live from Sayulita, Mexico and uh it's been a very interesting uh week here in Mexico where both of us are just getting over some type of flu bug so <laughs> it's it really hasn't worked out the way that I had imagined our week in Mexico would um, so, what? But, um, yeah, it's been a little, a little rough. So, you know, we can fly halfway across the world and still deal with shit. Literally. So, um, honey, I think that's TMI. I, I know I did a poo joke, honey. Yeah, that's in your, in your realm. That's not in mine. But, um, I, I would have to say, if you're going to feel really miserable, then to be in paradise feeling that way is, like, probably a little better. I mean, we have, like, the most amazing view. It's incredible. So um, it's gorgeous, and the ocean is healing us, and we have our magic school friends healing us, and um, I think we're on the mend, maybe. So, mm-hmm. um but, you know, it is fun to learn Spanish, and we are learning, like, at least a word a day and trying to remember <laughs> it. Like, like we asked for our check last night, and it was cuentas, right? Like, cuentas, cuentas, por favor, right? <laughs> so we are learning Spanish very slowly, but it is beautiful here, and we're so excited that we can have technology and come live um, from Mexico to all of our weird on the air friends and we're we're talking about a really awesome topic that we've been hinting about for many weeks now about the five rhythms and the five waves of business creation having been an entrepreneur myself for over 20 years and Megan being an entrepreneur for over 22 years um, we have a lot to say about entrepreneurism and uh, um, we've been talking about it for the last many weeks um, and it's interesting because I'm reading this book right now called Originals. It's by Adam Grant, and it's um, How Nonconformance Move the World. Um, and it's a really cool book, but in the beginning of it, I didn't know this, he was talking about the word entrepreneur 
and that it was coined by um, a guy named Richard Cantillon, and it literally means bearer of risk, which I thought was really fascinating considering that I wouldn't consider myself a very risk risky person generally. Um, but um, that is actually what entrepreneur means. Sweetie? Yeah. You you say you're not a person of risk, but you got together with me. I know. I know. This is true. <laughs> I think that you, and, and I say this because I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't see themselves as risk takers, right? But actually, when you look at their life and the things that they choose, they're huge risk takers, right? It's mm-hmm. like, like, think about what you've done in your family. Right. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like you, you bring a black man home as your fiance in your family. Right. And they go, wow. Mm-hmm. And they barely get over that. <laughs> and you bring me home, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, and mm-hmm. just like with you making a different choice with your spiritual path. And like, you have always been like a trendsetter, a pusher, a mover, like you quit, um, six-figure job to go learn personal training and make $10 an hour? Who does that? Mm-hmm. hmm Yes. I mean, there's not very many people who do that. So I guess I can just uncreate and destroy all the ways in which I think I'm not a risk taker, right? And maybe Let's all the rest that. of you mm-hmm. who are listening can do that as well, right? hmm Yeah. So... Everywhere that you have decided that you're not somebody who takes risks, can we uncreate and destroy that decision now? Yes. 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 Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and men. The thing about it is, is that, like, a lot of people see me as a risk taker, too, right? But, like, I'm just living my life. I'm like, oh, that, oh, that's the next wave. Oh, I want to go over there. I want to do that. And people from the outside if they're living in a very structurality, that will look like a risk. But for me, it's just the next thing. Most of the time, mm-hmm. for me, it's just the next thing. It's not that I never get scared. It's not that I never go, oh, my goodness, I just bit off, bit off more than I could chew. But, like, it's not, like, what I, it's not risk in the way that I think the outside world sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also want to, for those of you who don't identify with entrepreneur, but you're um, you're attempting to create your own business or work for yourself or be self-employed or be a service provider or be a, you know, even be like, like whatever. If you are doing your own business, if you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur and you're creating something in the world. And so everywhere that you have misidentified and misapplied what entrepreneur is and what it's not and that you can't possibly be that um, because you're not savvy enough or you're not business-minded enough, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. See, I really like, um, I think it's Vioma. Um, if I've got your name wrong, let me know in the chat room, which is so awesome. We have such a full chat room today, which is, and we have new people in the chat room, um, <laughs> which is so Hello, great. new people. Um, hello, new people. I love all of the new people. I love all the regulars, too. Um, but she says that I have um, 
a bunch of ideas I'd like to implement when I start my business, but I'm blocking myself from moving beyond my belief of being too stupid to understand its basics and complexities because I haven't studied it. Um, which I think is a lot of people who tend to towards self-employment, they do that. They don't really see themselves as a business person or an entrepreneur because they didn't go get a master's, you know, an MBA or they, you know, they didn't go to school for it. So everywhere that you have been judging yourself as limited or as being too stupid or um, unable to actually grok what it means to be in business for yourself, can we uncreate and destroy it, please? Yes. Yes, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. And everywhere that you've misidentified and misapplied entrepreneurism as capitalism or as greed or as something that it doesn't have to be um, in this reality, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. Yeah, because it's interesting when you look at the history of business or the history of um, entrepreneurism. Like we just watched the movie um, Founder, which is about the guy who um, uh, that he, he was he was involved with McDonald's and he was the one that actually did the um, what's that word where they spread franchise. it all out to franchise? Yes, so he. He took the McDonald's idea from the McDonald's brothers and basically franchised it out. And there's a whole story um, in that movie that's really fascinating. But in it, it's it's very interesting to see um, how, like the kind of the the swindling that goes on um, for him and the lack of clear agreements and the fighting and um, the loss and uh, for the brothers and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, the original owners ended up being losing their store and losing their name. Um, and so you can, you can make that mean something about entrepreneurs. You can make that mean that business is about greed and that you do anything and that it's cutthroat. You know, like I don't even like watching the um, the show Shark Tank very much because I feel like that the um, the entrepreneurs in that show have a certain like they are portrayed in a particular way that I find really challenging to even watch you know because it's not my way of, of doing business it's not your way Megan of doing business it's like we're in it for the win-win we're in it for the and we're in it for not a win-lose. So everywhere that that's what you've made business be and being an entrepreneur is, can we uncreate and destroy all of that, please? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. Apparently I have a lot to say about Apparently you do. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you do. Um, I want to actually read that the lady who posted in the chat room a quote. I can't um, access the chat room very well here on my phone in my room, but I want to um, thank you for bringing it up, hun, because um, it reminds me, uh, there's a, uh, this guy's name is Naveen Jain, and he's a self-made billionaire, and he's also, um, I would say he writes about business a lot and has a popular blog, um, and he says, the reason societies don't progress fast enough is because people don't dream big enough and are afraid to fail, and they are afraid to fail because they are scared of their lack of knowledge. So this addresses her question really directly. In my world, not knowing something makes someone the most dangerous person when it comes to disruption. 
And the article that I read had to do with that it was all about disruptors. And when you go into a business and you don't know how that business is done, what if that's actually an asset? What if that's an asset because you're not playing by the rules? And see, this continues to happen over and over and over again because when even, you know, there was some positive aspects of, I can't remember his name now, the, the McDonald's guy, right? There were some positive aspects, and that is he was just not, he was just willing to ask anybody for anything at any time, right? And he would just mm-hmm. go, 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 go. And not knowing how a particular business is done oftentimes will allow you to see new ways to do that business you may get on the next wave of how that business is done, right? And over and, yeah. over, and over again, new entrepreneurs starting new businesses go, wow, like they see, they see something because of their prior business that really allows them to do that business in a new way. Like there was a, there was a really famous, um, I would say he's probably a, a multi-seven-figure coach, um, and he's got this awesome book called like One Word at a Time or something. It's kind of the power of language. But when he got into coaching, he didn't know anything about coaching. And what his previous career was is he was an actor. And so initially, mm. he tried to learn about coaching and cut off who he was as an actor. Like, okay, that, that career is behind me. But then he realized that who he was as an actor actually had something to bring to the coaching community around learning how to take on a character when you walk in a room and, all, and language and, and speaking and all this other stuff. And so he kind of created his own coaching niche out of the fact that he was an actor. And so yeah. for our for our chat rumors, like, what is it that, like, you're telling that you don't know? What is it that you actually know? And what from your history actually applies to the business that you want to create? Instead of trying to learn that business, be a disruptor and ask what hasn't been created yet in this business that I could tap based on who I am and based on my history. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I would have to say that all my experience, all my life experience has been brought into my business. Like me as a mother, you know, like I bring that experience of mothering into my business all the time in a lot of variety of ways, like mediation and conflict resolution and listening skills and, you know, multitasking and, you know, the list could go on and on of all of those skills that I have brought from mothering for 23 years into my business, you know, so there's a synergy effect. I would say that what I do with my intuitive coaching and my intuitive readings has been um, a, like, you know, 20 year process of bringing everything that all my experiences, but everything that I am, you know, into the forefront. And so, um, you know, and I, I feel really also blessed to have a business degree, to have an accounting degree, um, and I'm working with, um, businesses, um, and working with startups and, um, entrepreneurs. And so that also, um, incredibly helps me in my business coaching and in my personal coaching with people. So I bring it all. And just because you don't have one thing doesn't mean you don't have another. Um, and so what if, you know, there, how many people are waiting for you to step in with your experience as vast and as different and as non-conforming as it is? 
And anything that doesn't allow you to actually know, be, perceive, receive, and fully uh, embody that, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Yes, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. I, I think, you know, comparison is such a death for budding entrepreneurs. Um, you know, comparison is uh, so damaging. And I think it's a very um, crazy thing to kind of um, uh, fall into um, because, you know, like in the chat room, she's saying that she's comparing herself to other people that have um, business degrees or whatever. And she's saying, oh, see, I can't do it. I'm stupid because I can't do it. Um, I don't have that. And um, and it's just not true. Um, and, you know, kind of can we get into the five um, waves, Han? Because I wanted to kind of talk about that. Or did you want to go somewhere else? <laughs> well, I yes. And I just wanted to make sure maybe Keisha can write this in the chat room. But the question that I uh, spoke a bit ago, I think, is a really good question for people entering a new business is what do you know that no one else knows yet about the business you are creating? What do you know mm -hmm. that no one else knows yet about the business you are creating? Yes. And yes. be in that yes. question anytime, even if you're starting a new project in your new in your business, right? Like, I'm starting this world tour of live event. I've never done this before, right? Like, what do I know about doing a world tour that no one else knows? It sounds weird because we think about knowing as like book smart, right? Or like you've studied it or you've done it before. But there's a, a level of knowing that just is, and it's based on everything you've ever been, and it's based on your ability to tap the universe. And if that business has a strong desire for you, then it has information for you. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted yeah. to make sure to kind of uh, exclamation point that, and we can hop into the five waves if you want now. Yeah, so we've been talking about the five waves, um, and the first one we talked about a, a few weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that show, go back to that show. It's all about conception. Um, it's about making your dreams a reality. So I think it's like two shows back. Um and so there's the conception of the idea for the business. And actually, like, um, and then the next, um, the next wave is the concentration. And so we talked about that last week as far as, like, testing your business idea um, and not just, like, you don't have to trust, fully trust it. You just get to put it into the marketplace and test it. And, and get customers and try out your processes and try out your products and um, all of that. So it's I, about concentration. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want, I have something to add to the definition of that when you're, when you're finished with yeah, the thought. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, in concentration, and this is where comparison can be a killer. In concentration, you literally could put out 10, um, I don't know, you could make 10 calls, you could make 10 sales calls, you could do whatever, right? And you may only get one little nibble back, right? And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's the it's the Johnny Appleseed stage where you put, you're planting, you're putting energy in, you're creating the energy that then becomes manifest in material, right? And so mm -hmm. but you've got to plant the seeds. And at first you're like, hey, there's no seeds coming out of the ground. Well, it's not time for the seeds to come out of the ground. You're in planting phase. And so concentration is the planting phase. 
And if you're in concentration and you compare yourself to somebody who's in momentum, which is the next phase that we're talking about, momentum is where, like, you might do one thing and, like, you get ten requests for business, right? And it's like, whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're in concentration and you're comparing yourself to somebody of momentum, you're never going to get off the ground because you're not in that, yeah. you're not in that phase yet. Yeah, yeah, and that's where most people quit. Honestly, that's where people go into massive judgment of themselves, into serious doubt, and they say, I, I, I don't know, who am I to do this? See, I put out a class and only one person showed interest. I sent out an email and nobody responded. You know, I only have a list of 100 people, and how am I ever going to grow? Um, you know, like nobody wants this. You know, that's where you get into some serious self-doubt and judgment of yourself is in the concentration mode. And the concentration or the planting stage can last years, people. It can last years. Like um, when I start a new business, it usually takes about a year to two years to actually get into the true momentum stage and the stability stage, which is the next wave, right? So, and it's that is the critical time is in the concentration stage. And that's where the most comparison happens because what you hear in the marketplace is all of the people, all of the coaches, all of the whatevers that are in stability or they're in mastery phase and they're telling you, hey, come do my program for, you know, $10,000 or whatever and learn how to get six figures in six months. And so they're they're basically saying, hey, you, you know, come and learn my method um, for getting to mastery um, quicker. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some, there's some things about that that can be really helpful, especially if you don't have a background in business. I'm not trying to dog on that at all. I'm just saying that when you compare yourself to a coach who's been in the industry for 15 years, or you're a brand new entrepreneur in the first year and you're comparing yourself to somebody who's been doing it 20 years, you're doing yourself a disservice. And when you're saying they have the answers and I have to go spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to find the key, to find the five steps, to find the marketing strategy that's going to, you know, perfect like this process and make it easy for me to make money, then you might be disowning or judging you or dishonoring you and your process because you and that's what Megan and I teach is you have your own methods you have your own authentic code to create to sell to uh, to serve to heal you have your own code to do that and so you can learn from others but you really must must <laughs> must tune in to yourself. And so there's my soapbox and we're like three minutes overdue on our, <laughs> on our trip. I'm just, I'm just glad you did it this time. <laughs> I totally did it this time. So I have a lot to say about this. Megan has a lot to say about this, but we will be back. You're listening to love life and all things weird. And we'll be back in a minute. Are you looking for a place to create, connect and belong? where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. 
If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and change maker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, Life, and All Things Weird with host Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group. Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We are talking about business today, about being an entrepreneur, and about the five ways of business creation. And we talked about the first three quite a bit, conception, well, probably the first two. We kind of got in on a soapbox in concentration. So we have conception <laughs> is the first one, concentration. And if you guys missed it, we have momentum and stability and mastery just to get it all out there. But we are really talking about concentration, that place between concentration and momentum, where most people, we see most entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs shut down, quit, uh, really just give up they kind of go back to the nine to five or they or they give up on their ideas and so that I think that's kind of where our show is today mm-hmm. so just as a recap the conception is where you go oh would it be fun too right and then it's like mm-hmm. okay then you choose I want to do this and then we move into concentration because then it's like, okay, what, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? What's next? And it's not so much like toil and trouble. Don't kind of hear it that way. It's, it's more about like being in the energy of the creation, being in the seed of creation, talking to your business, asking your business, what does it want? What does it require? Like there's certain aspects of certain businesses that I, that certain aspects of my business where I'm more in concentration in, like this whole, like, 
um, going live all over the world this year. I'm in concentration with it. I don't know how to do it, right? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, what's next? What's next? And my coaching practice, oftentimes, um, I have less concentration going on. It's something that has run itself for years and years and years, which is the stability phase, which I'll get to in just one second. But like, even in your, even in one business, you might have certain projects in different various phases of these of these five phases, right? And so mm-hmm. then when you go into, so after concentration, which is where something needs more energy, right? And anybody who, like farmers, or if you have a garden, like certain times of year, certain things need more energy. They need more attention. They need more weeding. And it's not so much a linear process because you can go in and out of all of these phases at different times, Right. But it's just being aware of what actually requires my attention, what needs more attention right now. Not looking for the outcome, but looking for what requires attention because when you put attention on something, it will organically grow and it will organically move you into the momentum phase, which is where a lot of things start happening and people start coming to your classes and it's like, whoa, when did this start happening, right? And it's almost like uh, my coach, Rick Flitman, says he's an overnight 10-year success. You know, yeah. and so everybody's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, whoa, you know, how did you do this? And he's like, you know, basically I slapped, slapped for 10 years of just planting, 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 putting my ideas in motion, putting my ideas in motion. And how often do we look at somebody like that and think that it just happened for them? And then we take ourselves out of the phase that we're in. So the momentum is super fun. It has its own challenges because oftentimes I've done that. You, <laughs> this is why Suzanne's my project manager now, because I tend to move through concentration quicker than some, and I'll I'll like plop momentum really fast. But then I won't have the systems in place to manage the momentum I just created, and then I'm like, eek, <laughs> eek a mouse, right? And so as you move through momentum, you get to what we call stability, which is that it sort of runs itself. You're not worried about making money. You're not worried about whether you're going to make rent this month. It's like you know that you're paying your bills with your business. That's what the stability phase is, and I realize we hadn't defined that yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then the mastery phase is, and this is this is more in traditional business or in entrepreneurism, but there are certain places and times that this will happen with your personal projects too, which is that in um, it gets to a place where you can actually step away from the business and it will still make you money. You don't have to run the store anymore. That's what mastery is, is that it's mm-hmm. sort of like money is coming in and flows are happening. And you can actually come in and play because you want to, but you don't have to. And that's what the mm-hmm. that's what the mastery that's what the mastery phase is. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's kind of my point with regards to a lot of times people in um, stability or in mastery, you know, are kind of trying to sell how to get to stability and mastery, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's just that for each entrepreneur, there's a process of going through and concentration. You know, what I, I like the word concentration actually because it's, it's all about actually putting your efforts towards a thing. Um, and that in, that you can't, you can I see a lot of people trying out something for two minutes 
and then they quit, Mm -hmm. you know, because it Mm -hmm. didn't take. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then they go on to the next idea and focus on it for another 10 minutes and it didn't take. And so they quit. Um, And so it's like, of course, you know, if you're not getting any positive feedback, if you're not getting, if you don't feel good doing it and there's no positive feedback with this idea that you're, that you're trying to put into a business, then that's some good feedback for you, right? That may be telling you that you're kind of going up the wrong tree, so to speak. Um, But if you are planting seeds and if there are some of those seeds seem to be sprouting a little bit, there seems to be a little bit of movement. There's a client here and there. They're giving you positive feedback. You know, if the, like whatever you're testing and you're getting, um, reviews, positive reviews, you know, then there, then you know you're on the right track and it's a process of, um, of sticking with it and almost like finessing it, you know, so that you can actually speak to what you do, especially for energy workers and healers and intuitives because it's very challenging sometimes to kind of speak to what you do. So it's a process of doing it and then asking people you know, asking questions like, what did you get out of this session? What, you know, how would you describe me? You know, like actually going to your people that are, um, that you're serving and asking for their feedback so that you can start to hone in on, you know, what it is that you do. And it's always changing, you know, it's always adding. So, you know, there's an aspect of my business, which is, um, consulting and accounting and business related that I can't stop in a way <laughs> like it's been going for 20 years and people won't I try to quit my clients sometimes because I'm off doing other things and they won't let me quit them <laughs> so, really, you know you, it was make, you make them too much money <laughs> I do I That's make the them problem. too much money I am a, mm-hmm. I'm a money maker for people's businesses and so they don't want to let me go. And so I find a way to keep it into my, stay <laughs> with it in my business. But that's a, that is a, an example of an aspect of my business that's mastery. My coaching practice is only what, three years old? So my coaching practice is still working. It's still developing. I'm still figuring out who I am as a coach. Um, and what I give people, what are their results? What, how do they feel? How are they empowered? You know, what do they say changes in their life given what I've, you know, what I've provided? So it's a process and it's, and it takes effort, people. <laughs> it takes effort. You can't spend 10 minutes or two months and, you know, and have this, um, crazy business that's, you know, like like love the idea of it took me 10 years for an overnight success. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Malcolm Gladwell book, um, The Tipping Point. And he talks about, you know, like Steve Jobs and some of the most amazing entrepreneurs and that they literally put 15,000 hours into their craft before it started to take off. And if the most masterful entrepreneurs are spending 15,000 hours towards their craft, I think that you can spend more than 10 minutes or two months, you know, like if it's really something that's important to you, you know, I'm just saying. Well, I want to say a couple of things to that. And, and I, cause I don't want to let, I don't want to control out there that you have to do this many hours before you can be successful. And because like I, I was doing my rapid eye business full time within a year 
and the average in the industry of um, creating a practice was seven years. It's not mm-hmm. about like it has to take so much time. Like I don't want people to hear that, but it does require attention. I'm going to come back to that. And like you're you're talking about effort, right? And I would say effort and attention. Like show up. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I continue to show up and show up and show up and open my mouth and tell people what I did and get in front of as many people as I could to talk about what I was doing, right? And I was my own product, meaning that I was doing Rapid Eye, it was changing my life, and I couldn't stop talking about it, you know? And so there was this thing that created momentum for me, I think, quite a bit faster. There's also something that's really interesting that happens in the concentration phase is sometimes the business changes, meaning that you're doing, you think you're doing one thing, and then you realize there's this other thing. You know, it's kind of like... Um, how sticky notes were invented. That was that mm-hmm. was a failed glue project, right? That was that was the failure of super glue. And so it was mm-hmm. like it became this whole other project. And I think that's what you're speaking to as well, Suzanne, is that, you know, if you're going in this direction and there's no positive feedback and there's no there's nothing happening, there's no energy happening, then you might want to go, okay, like do I need to make a direction shift here? Is there something else? Is there something that I'm not seeing, right? And as you, like, um, you know, in our magic school, we just got done with our capacity series and, like, really getting clear about what you're good at, what your genius is, and so that you can, and what, like, drives you. What what are you going to do it no matter what, right? That's what you want to ask yourself Mm -hmm. because if you're doing something to get money really fast, that's not enough to actually ride the waves of things like concentration. Because when you're in the concentration phase, you're doing it for the love of it. It's not even, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even call it effort in in a way, Suzanne. Like just for me, right? Because when I'm in that phase, oftentimes I'm just like excited. (laughs) I'm not waiting for the money to come. I'm just excited about what I'm doing. And if if you can be in concentration phase in that place, then it makes it much funner. And it's much funner to ride, yes. ride that particular wave. Yes, and I would also say there are moments, like when I first started selling, when I first started having enrollment conversations where I was terrified, where <laughs> I was so, where it was so hard to call up somebody and ask them if they wanted what I had. Like, and that felt like effort. That felt like big, big fear in doing it anyway. That felt like whatever it takes. That felt like leaning in. That felt like getting really uncomfortable. So, yes, I loved what I did, and in session, I was in bliss. But actually, like the mechanics of the business, the doing, the enrollment, the marketing, the outreach, the visibility, that took effort. It still takes effort. When I'm on my edge with something, it still takes a lot of effort and leaning into those parts of me that feel like I don't want to be rejected, that feel like I don't want to be visible, that feel like all of those things that come up, you know. So I don't want to sugarcoat that because I also think that people give up because they it's uncomfortable. They give up because it, it doesn't feel good sometimes. 
um, they give up in those places and spaces where they're like, somebody should just be able to find me. I should be able to do my website and then, and then have them find me. And if they don't find me, then that's all I can do. I can't actually put myself out there. Like you have a very natural way. You, Megan, have a natural way of connecting with people and talking to people about what your passion is about. But people like me, I don't. Like I'm a very private individual person generally speaking, like I love one-on-one, but it's challenging for me. It always has been to um, to just strike up a conversation with somebody. So for me, it was a terrifying place being an entrepreneur and having to actually show up and somehow find the words to, in, to enroll people. And I had to find my way with that. And everybody has to find their way with it. And there's going to be some areas that are easier for people than others, like uh, technical stuff and accounting stuff and organizational stuff is super easy for me and very challenging for you. And that's stuff that has been challenging for you to lean into, that's been terrifying for you to create. So every, I believe that everybody has their place where it's blissful and easy and flowy and yummy and good and other areas where it's quite challenging. And that is the spiritual path of the entrepreneur is to lean into all of it, to stick with it, to do whatever it takes. So I love you all, and we're going to go on break. <laughs> there she goes You're again. Listening. <laughs> You're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird, and we'll be back for some more soapboxing. <laughs> Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan and Suzanne. We are talking about surfing the waves of entrepreneurism, of business creation, and of just creation in general. Like, I mean, I think, you know, hon, we, you and I have two different voices on this a lot, right? Like, and I think that's what's great about mm-hmm. us doing the show is because I am basically lazy and I look for the ease. And you're such, you're such a like pusher and a leaner and it's like you it's we have very different ways of going about things but the truth is is that yeah there's i'm not saying that it's all like lollipops and rainbows but what i'm saying is that when you're really connected to your capacity to your genius there is an energy and there is a spark that that fortifies you when you hit the sticky bit when you hit the part that you're not good at and that's what I'm speaking to. I'm not saying yeah. it's all like easy time. I'm just saying that when you're connected, when your business, the thing that you're creating is connected to your genius, is connected to your capacities, and it's connected to this sort of sense of purpose, then that's the kind of thing that gets you through the, the rough spots. And, and whether that means that you outsource the rough spots, like what I do with my technology and the things that have been hard for me, but, you know, even like the last year as we've been building more of an online presence, that's been something that we've had to lean into and not known how to do. And within that, we find our genius zones. Like for me, like the traditional marketing methods never worked. So I created this class that I did every week because I love to teach. And that became my marketing. I think, again, you discovered you're uh, a genius with writing. Like your newsletters. If you're not on Suzanne's that are less people, like, you got to do it. Like, she, like, blows my mind. You really do, hon, with your newsletters. Like, there's a way of writing and going deep in your writing that, that when I read your newsletter, something changes in me. And I think that, you know, there's certain things that we discover, certain geniuses, even within the things that are difficult or harder that we're leaning into, when you find, like, okay, what's my genius here? What's my capacity here? What capacities do I have here? Okay, so clearly I'm not a, clearly I'm not a computer programmer. Okay, cool. Like, what capacities do I do have? Oh, I'm really good at enrolling people in my vision. Okay, there we go. So I'm going to find some people who know what I, that are better at me than this, who I can enroll in this vision, right? And so within each of the sticky parts, each of the difficult parts, I think it's really, really good to ask yourself, like, what am I good at here? What am I not good at? What am I good at? What do I need to lean into? And what else, who else, what else do I need to bring in to get through this part? Yeah, I I really agree with that. I think Krista says it really well in the chat room. She said, getting on stage last month was terrifying, and I am so grateful that my why is bigger Still scary as hell, and I have two more events coming up. Yikes, and so excited at the same time. I think she's speaking to what you're speaking to, right? That there's, there's she's calling it her why. Her why is bigger than her fear. Um, and I think that's what you're speaking to as far as, like, your genius or your purpose or what excites you or what impact you want to make in the world. And that that fortifies you in those and those challenging moments and that I'm not saying that you suffer through it necessarily I think that there's ways to kind of mitigate the fear there's ways to lean in and not have it be you know just pure horribleness 
Um, but I, 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 like, I, I don't want to give the impression that, you know, if it's not easy, you should quit it. So that's my only point there. <laughs> you have a lot of points today, darling. Yes, I do have a lot of points. <laughs> yes. Cool. So, um, um, Hmm. So one of the things that I think, so there's something that my, uh, one of my coaches said to me years ago that has really stuck with me and she goes, you know, in life, there, we don't really get out of life without some kind of pain, right? Some kind of heartache or difficulty or whatever. And she said, you know, that's part of the game of life is to be on your edge and to go through, like, uncomfortable things. Like, being uncomfortable is living and creating in part. Um, but she said, suffering is optional, right? And suffering is when we don't, when we don't use our awareness. Suffering is when we add a story to what we're doing, right? So if you're in concentration phase, let's say, and you're doing what we talked about earlier, which is comparing yourself to somebody who's in momentum or stability, that is creating suffering. That is an unnecessary pain that you put into business, right? How many times do you hear people say, oh, business is hard? That is creating unnecessary suffering, right? It's really about being able to distinguish between what is it that you're leaning into and it's juicy and it's growing you and what are you keeping on yourself like a pile of poop, right? That's actually unnecessary to be there. And that's like what when you compare yourself, when you judge yourself, when you're like, oh, the results aren't here yet. You know, it's like your kids on road trips. Are we there yet? <laughs> when you're doing the are we there yet, like that's not, you're adding a component called suffering to the whole process that is completely unnecessary but like as Suzanne says like effort and coming up against sticky bits and oh how am I going to do this and being scared and all of that that's part of the game and that's part of what grows you and also something that you said hon that I wanted to pull out a little bit more is that everything that I've ever been through every edge I've ever had as a coach be it personal be it professional like it has grown me into being a much better coach, a much better mm-hmm. salesperson, a much better enroller. And that's what you have to get is when you fall down or when it feels hard that you're growing something. And a business, is that's what it is, is you're growing something. But the main thing you're growing in a business is you. And all of those mm-hmm. are there to grow you. If you'll be in your awareness, if you'll be in your knowing, if you'll let them. And so, like, everything, like, I love asking the question, okay, how can I use this to my advantage? Okay, what do I know here that I'm pretending not to know here? Those are two questions I use all the time in business when I'm like, okay, so I sent out an email and there were birds chirping. Okay, (laughs) back to me, Bob. Like, okay, what is it that I know? What did I miss? What's next? Or maybe it's just that... There's another step to take that I haven't seen yet. And I'm sitting there beating myself up because nobody responded to the email. Oh, I actually didn't give them a clear, direct invitation to act. Oh, whoopsie. Okay, back to the the drawing board. So, like, 
one of the biggest tools you have in your toolkit is to ask questions. And if you go into judgment, if you go into conclusion, then what you do is you create suffering. And then you make business hard, and then you won't want to do it. So if you can actually keep asking yourself questions and realize, okay, what's growing here? <laughs> you know, what am I growing in myself? What am I growing in my business right now? Right? And so, like, looking at those environments from a growth perspective, it's not necessarily going to make it not scared or not feel like it's a challenge, but it's going to keep you in the game. And it's going to keep you out of the long-suffering stuff that people do. I think you make a very good point. So if people are in that place of, like, you know, suffering, what kind of question could they ask? Well, what's right about this? I'm not getting. That's mm -hmm. the first question. What's right about this? What's right about me? Because the first, the thing that I see the most people do when they put a class out and they don't get anybody responding is they go to the wrongness of them. Oh, I must mm -hmm. not be very good. The other facilitators are more dynamic. Blah, 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 blah. And we go into this sort of storytelling process rather than to go, okay, all right, so that didn't happen. What's right about me? I'm not getting what's right about this. I'm not getting. And what else do I need to know? Sometimes with especially new, when you're new, it's a lack of information. So you want to ask, what information do I require that I do not have right now? Right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, oh, like you can't just put a, you can't just put your class, you can't just put your class on the access site and get people. Okay, cool. What else are people doing? What if you could call somebody up who is already successful at what you're doing and say, hey, like what three tips could you give me? Or get on a show like this and, and call in and get tips. Like, who's doing what you want to be doing? And how can you get next to them? Can you take a class from them? What, what can you do? Because for me, I learn really well by mentoring. Like, I'm not so good at, like, looking at a book. But I learn really well by mentoring. Hey, babe. Yeah. We have, like, 30 seconds before we run out oh, of time, wow. just FYI. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, we're going to talk about this next week some more. <laughs> we we don't have access I know we did it again we don't have access to the clock to the ticking down of uh, here in Sayulita, Mexico so thank you for joining us and um, see you next week hola Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Be sure to tune in for more tips and tools on how to claim your marvelous, magical life.